Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout-out to our sponsors, Right Column Financial, offering CFO and bookkeeping services for small business, Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs incorporate Apple Computer? Snow falls in Miami, Florida, and this is the only time in history that this had happened. It also fell in the Bahamas. U.S. President Jimmy Carter pardons almost all of the Vietnam War draft dodgers. This is January 1977. You're listening to What the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. And Brian's getting down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't recognize it already, we are in the disco era. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Harry Wayne Casey. Harry Wayne. <laughs> I could almost go R-rated on that. Uh, well, you know, otherwise known as KC and the Sunshine Band. How do you get KC out of Harry Wayne? Well, you get out of his last name, which is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. Okay. And so he took that and took, just made it K-C, the, uh, the letters. Okay. And the Sunshine Band being, of course, because he is from Hialeah, Florida. And that, of course, he said the Sunshine Band is representative of the Sunshine State. The Sunshine State. State. So Got I it. Can, so it gives that Latin feel. Yeah, so, it's yeah. funk, it's disco, it's, you know, it was the time of 1977, 76. This album was actually released in uh, 76. This is their third studio album. It's called, that's the name, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Part 3. Ah, clever. <laughs> yeah, original, right? <laughs> <laughs> their second album was actually their title, a self-titled album, mm-hmm. Casey and the Sunshine Band. And on that one, you remember that, so, there's a, a, obviously they've got a huge thing, but their first Big hit. Do you remember what that was from their previous album? I do not. Do you remember the song, That's the Way I Like oh, It? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A number one hit. So there's another one out there that was called, oh, let's see. We're going to hear it today, but there's. they had six top ten hits in a very short span of time from 75 through 77. Yep. Yep. Huge success. Harry was, uh, we'll call him Harry because that's his name. <laughs> Harry worked in a music store in Hialeah, Florida, and he worked part-time at a, a recording studio. So that's where he hooked up with, you know, the, the engineer at the time that really, they, they collaborated and just took off. And so he is a musician now, and ironically, he is still touring. Oh, really? If you recall, I'm looking at both Rob and, 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 and Wayne. And, uh, first, I'm not sure you were there that night when we went to see Collective Soul yeah. a few years ago. Yep. 
Casey and the Sunshine Band was going to be there two weeks later, and there was not a ticket to be found. Yeah, that was that? sold. I tried to get tickets to that, and that was yeah. sold out. That, mm-hmm. I, I went, oh, Casey and the Sunshine. It's one of those things is you just kind of had to be in the know that they were coming. Yeah. This song here is uh, Wrap Your Arms Around Me. It is. I don't know if I remember this one yeah. specifically. I remember it vividly. And they really didn't put a lot of thought into them. You know, you really don't see a lot of deep thought and, and reflection in their songs. I can see you pointing to the girl across, <laughs> you know, you're, you're dancing with, and I'll put your arms around you. Yeah. Essentially, they're... they're uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and it really wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a lot of reflection, but it was pretty much what's going on around Then them. you tell her to turn around and do what? <laughs> this, is, this is their second huge hit. First one off of this album. And you're, I'm sure you've heard it, and I'm sure you're sitting there with, as you're listening to this, maybe bobbing your head a little bit, maybe shaking your shoulders. Shaking maybe, your what? Shaking your shoulders. Because we're about to shake something else in this song. <laughs> That's all right, baby. Turn around. <laughs> yeah. now, shake, shake, shake. This is more uh, straight-up disco. You know, the first one I, I thought, okay, that's got a little bit more funk, a little more soul. It's got that instruments, the instruments behind it, like like Chicago or Earth, Wind, and Fire. This one is much more straight up disco, isn't it? Absolutely. This hit the top of the charts, and really, as as Harry would say, or Harry K- Harry Casey, I guess I will call him. We'll just call him Casey from here on out. How's that? Yeah, Casey, that's fine. But according to Song Facts, as their hits were written by bass player, producer Rick Finch, and of course, KC, the uh, producer said, this song is directly inspired by dance moves that they witnessed in clubs. As you can see, there's nothing to it. This is what we're seeing. And at the time, guess what was the popular dance? (laughs) Was it? It wasn't doing the, the butt, was it? It was the hustle, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it, it was, but it was also the bump. Okay. Y'all remember oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah. So this is big at the time. So they're watching these these clubs around Miami and Hialeah and all that down in South Florida. And this is what they're seeing. What about ain't going to bump no mold? <laughs> no, no big fat woman. Now, we co- we covered that one we a did. long time, Early a long, on. long yes. time ago. But, I mean, I can still remember going to parties, and this was all that was played over, not just song, the album, over and over and again, and nobody left the dance floor. It was almost like that vibe that you had with Saturday Night Fever. Right. Back in 78, or 77, 78, when Saturday Night Fever hit, I went to several parties in, in junior high at the time, and that's the only thing that played was that soundtrack from the... the Saturday Night Fever. Now listen to Bruce talk about how how you could tell this is disco. I actually think this is really over, kind of overproduced. It could actually been like you said a lot more funkier. This well, I hear the I'm hearing the little guitar. They had all the yes. the funk stuff, the little guitar on there, and the horns in the background. But just that drum solo, whatever they're doing over and over again. I mean, it, it does slam right there to the... Well, and, and the lyrics. The, the first lyrics are, shake your booty. Right. And then the second lyrics are, shake your booty. Yeah. And then the third lyrics are, shake, shake. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> <laughs> now, gentlemen, this is the third song, and this is my favorite. And the only way I know to listen to this is loud. 
And I did listen to it loud, and as I've said on other occasions, this probably contributed to my hearing loss. But what a great song. And I love the wind section in this song. And we're going to hear it in just a second. But this is just pure out, kick-ass dance music right here. Yeah, this is a good one. Here comes the wind section, ladies and gentlemen. That's awesome. Yes, this, of course, this is a combination again with Casey and Richard Finch. Uh, basically, the title was, you know, basically saying, I'm a boogeyman. And so what they, some people thought it was, is he was inspired because they, one of the largest radio stations in South Florida, they were frequent guests. So they would be able to go and play music live or play their songs while they were in the studio. And it would reach all of South Florida. Which was huge back then, if you think about it. That's a huge epicenter of music, of, of Latin music, of rock music, of disco, R&B. So think about the exposure that they got, and things just took off. I was 11 in 1977, and I just remember thinking how funny it was that there was a song with Boogie in the title. <laughs> That's right. And another song with Booty. <laughs> in the title. And, you know, as an 11-year-old, it was just like, I can't believe they have that on the radio. <laughs> 1977, actually, I moved from California to Alabama with my family. So I was 15 years old. So I I went from something sort of hip, if you call Riverside, California hip at the time. Um, we lived in Anaheim, too, before that, but... Did you California there, Alabama? <laughs> that was actually that was my nickname was California. <laughs> we had another guy named Hollywood, but I don't know. He wasn't from Hollywood, but he liked to preen, preen against the <laughs> against the mirror there, the guy's bathroom. He wasn't smoking though. We had our own smoking area in Alabama and tipping area in the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah we school. did too. We did too. We did too. As I was um, pulling the songs together for this episode, I told Cindy, I said, guess who Brian's featuring on What the Riff tomorrow? And she said, I don't know. Forget what she guessed somebody. And I said, no, picture yourself wearing roller skates and skating at the skating rink in 1977. And she said, oh, ah, I know who it is. I can't think of the name. <laughs> she goes, and so I started playing it. And she goes, KC in the Sunshine yes. Band. That's exactly who I was thinking. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I think about when I hear this is skating. According to Songs Facts, though, guys, KC said that the initial, when he initially wrote it, he wanted to call it, I'll be a son of a gun. That's, that's awful. Weird. That's awful. But he said, like, I'll be a son of a gun. Look what you've done. Then I went back and I, I'm your boogeyman went into my head. And is it because I was thinking about how disc jockeys were always there on the radio so yeah that's uh. well boogie is a obviously a term that was big then you know you're gonna kind of get down you're gonna boogie oh yeah you yeah exactly but i mean this is like says early morning late afternoon or at midnight it's never too soon i just want to i'm your boogie well, man. it's I'm sort of like your hoochie coochie man you're, you yeah. know back <laughs> in the day when you're the old blues song so your updated blues song i guess Otherwise, it would have been, I'm your son of a gun. <laughs> that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it. I like this one better than I did like the previous one. 
Very good. Now, this is the last one we're going to feature wow. today. That just went right into it, didn't it? Change. Almost the same beat. Yeah. This is their last, and this was their last top uh, top ten hit. It actually went up to number two. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I remember this song, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep it coming, love. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, the same tempo, same beat, just maybe a little change in a couple of the notes. But you could see how you could, I mean, literally, you go from one to the other. It was like a DJ mixing the songs right, together. Right, 12-year-old Wayne goes, okay, first we wrap your arms around me, then we're going to shake your booty, and then I'm your boogeyman, and now keep on coming live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, we, we kept up. We, we, we took it from the dance floor to the bedroom real quick. Oh, <laughs> but you know, that's not why the songs were written. This basically, as we, as we established at the beginning, it was all about what they saw. Mm-hmm. Right. And to just have fun, mm-hmm. which, if you think about it, that really was what disco was all about. It was just people coming together yeah. and just to have fun. Well, it, if you think about it, at the time when disco came out, there wasn't much positive in the world. No. You know, and so people were looking for that outlet. Yep. Well, like you said, I, I didn't even think of the bump. But, yeah, I mean, the bump continued for, like, another 10 years because I know in college we were doing the bump yeah. just dancing around. So Can't do it now. Can't? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you can't, especially if it's a big, fat woman. I understand that. Yeah. But, but well, you mentioned the other big dance at the time in the mid-'70s was the hustle. Yeah. And you had a theme song about do the hustle. I think we actually featured that, didn't we? Or we? Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah. So it was just a time of fun, as Bruce pointed out. Our country, our world needed... You know, getting out of Vietnam, and you know that we just needed something Watergate. to, mm-hmm. yeah, just needed something to pick us up. And I think you referenced it in, a, in another podcast. It, it seems like we could use that again. Yeah, you know, in today's world, we just I got agree. a lot of things going on where we just need to come together and have fun. Don't forget how to have fun. Are they trying to? Is Bruno Mars trying to kind of do that? You know, I mean, one of the characteristics that I didn't think about for KC and the Sunshine Band that you brought up, Brian, is that Latin influence. I mean, this. This sounds like South Florida. I never yeah. realized that's that. That's a good now I'm point. Listening to either. it, I'm going, that's Miami, mm-hmm. Cuba. <laughs> yeah, a lot. And that's what I did in my research. It, I didn't realize how influential Miami is to our music. You know, they Latin, but all the other ones too. R&B, soul, funk, disco. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Six top ten hits in three years. So, Brian, did you have a problem picking which songs you wanted to feature? No, because I, these are the ones that stood out. Yeah. And But the whole album is it's, it's the same tempo. You're not going to have any ballads in this thing. You just, well, you it's do a party eventually. Album. He does do a ballad. But not on this album. Not on this album. No. But a couple albums oh, yeah. later, he does a Well, everybody has to do a rock yeah. ballad. Well, he did right? the duet, Please Don't Go, yeah. which was up for the top ten. But that was, that was in 1980. But, no, this is... This is my childhood. This is my uh, adolescence and early teens. And every time I hear it, it, it brings me back immediately to that time in my life. And the anxiety sometimes I think about and think about the girls that I wanted to ask to dance but is too afraid to. <laughs> you know? And I share that with my family. I go, yeah, right. I promise you. So did you have a middle school crush? What was her name? Rhonda Ammons. Oh, mine was Lisa Dickerson. And I, I got to say. Rob. 
Kelly Byzantine. All right. Oh, geez, I don't even remember. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. He had so many. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I, I stay in touch with the guy from Lake Charles where I was born and raised, and I asked him about Ron he just we have not heard from her in over 30 years. Oh, so I guess she'll only be a memory. Yeah. Well, that was oh, great. That's a different song, different group. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing that album, Brian. That, that's, that was fun. Now we're going to go on to our entertainment track brought to us by Right Column Financial. See if you recognize this TV it's like show. You're living in a fantasy. Ricardo Montalban starred in this, and it started in January 1977, Fantasy Island. Friday nights on NBC. That's right. We had uh, some people calling out for a play. Yes. Remember awesome. all the remember all the movie stars that would make their way through Love Boat and Fantasy Island? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they they wanted this fantasy and then it turned out they got a different fantasy. Right. Well, I thought it was well written even for a twelve or thirteen yeah. year old kid doing oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. The miniseries Roots premieres on ABC. Wow, oh, that's a great one. Bill Murray joins the cast of Saturday Night Live replacing Chevy Chase. The Coneheads debut on Saturday Night Live. The Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries start. All right. Entertainment from January 77. Now we're going on to staff picks. And this is being brought to us by Bruce. It's a little baby. That is a little baby. The baby. The baby. <laughs> that is a very little baby. That is actually that sound, that opening sound is the sound of the first cries from a newborn infant. Really? It is. So this is Isn't She Lovely, mm -hmm. Stevie Wonder, one of the most positive songs ever. Um, and it's off of his uh, Songs in the Key of Life, which we've already featured. Yeah. Who Did you feature that also? No, I didn't. But Who songs featured? Oh, I've no idea. I featured Songs in the Key of Life. But that song, I mean, there were so many songs on yeah. that one, you know? Um, this was one that I had to skip, and I, I was glad to have the opportunity to come back to it. Um, it's off of, it's the 18th studio album that Stevie Wonder did. He's wow. been around for a long time. He could do no wrong. Um, it celebrates the, wor the birth of uh, Wonder's daughter, Aisha Morris. And he'll actually, there's one lyric which says, Life is Aisha, the meaning of her name. It opens side three of the double album. And like I said, that baby's first cry uh, kind of starts it. And that was that her? Uh, no, I don't believe so. It, I wasn't able to find out which baby it was, but it was, it was during actual childbirth. That's, that's kind of the, the key. I don't know if it was because I didn't hear a woman screaming in the background. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> and, of course, you got the the distinctive harmonica work. I love it. You know, I have to share a story about real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, a friend of mine had um, his sister-in-law went out to L.A. just last weekend. And they were in a hotel lobby mm -hmm. having dinner. Lo and behold, they hear somebody playing a harmonica. Yeah. And he turned around and looked. And it was Stevie Wonder. Oh, oh wow. wow. Just yes. that's oh so goodness. neat. A hotel just a hotel, you know pop up band and then Stevie Wonder walks up there and starts playing the harmonica. How cool is that? You can't 
I mean, that's no. that's just the you right gotta, place at that, the right that's time. When you, that's when you stop and go, so I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, yeah. It's very, very touching. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, Wonder collaborated with Bernita Bunny Jones, who's a songwriter um, and a studio owner on this. But all the instrumentations on the song are played by Stevie Wonder, except for there's a few keyboard parts that uh, Greg Phil Ganges um, does. But everything else is Stevie Wonder. So talented. Yeah. He's one of those, you know, we did uh, Prince a few weeks ago. Yep. And, and he's one of those like that. He's a multi-instrumentalist, talented songwriter, you know, great vocals. He basically just does it all. Hey, let's give him credit where credit's due. He is a good sport because you guys recall back in the 80s when Eddie Murphy was doing his impersonations of him. They were spot on. <laughs> yeah. And they were hilarious. Yes. And when Stevie remember, he was on Saturday Night Live. He had a great skit with Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo that? doing Frank. <laughs> yeah. they, they were great. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no. No worries. We've got plenty of time <laughs> because this song is six minutes long. Um, and that's there's something about that. The, uh, the, the song was not recorded as a single. It was uh, because Stevie Wonder would not shorten it in order to get it onto a seven-inch 45 RPM single. Oh. oh, now do you hear this? Yes. Okay. This is Aisha. Um, and it's um it's it's a, the sounds are her as a basically as a toddler uh, is, is where this sound comes from. Again, I don't know if that's true because I don't hear a, a parent in the background screaming at their yeah. child. <laughs> well, it's, it's in the middle of a bath. That's oh, what they okay. were doing. <laughs> happy so time. in this case, yeah, it's more happy time, right? <laughs> There you go. You can kind of hear a parent in the background there. Uh, the, what happened is uh, Tom La, the Tomla label finally was able to get kind of compromise and get a promotional single out there. So they got it cut down to 3 minutes and 26 seconds for radio stations, and it reached number 23 on the adult contemporary chart in January of 1977. But it never made it onto the Billboard Hot 100 or anything like that because it was not an official single. Oh. So that's just kind of the way that one went down. Yeah. All right, top hits of January 1977. You make me feel like dancing. Leo Sayer. That's right, man. Talk about everybody wanting to dance. I wish. Stevie Wonder. We talked about that. Car Wash. Everybody knows how to slap Oh, yeah. Rolls Royce. That's right. Another dance. You don't have to be a star to be in my show. Yeah. Marilyn McCoo and, and Billy Davis Jr. Jr. Daz by Brick. That was oh, a Atlanta fun, band. That, another fun song. Yep, that was Atlanta. I had that album. Tonight's yep. the Night by Rod Stewart. We, yep, covered we covered that. Covered that. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. That was by Elton John. That was actually a pretty big ballad there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like the uh, all the instrumentation here. Oh, You're yeah. right; it is it is a happy song. It's one of those that's hard not to be happy it, when you hear like it. It's like this, Mr. Blue Sky. There's yes. a handful of those songs that I just think, you know, it's just incredibly, uh, incredibly positive. Yeah. 
So. Well, I mean, think about it. The, the chorus. Isn't she lovely? Made from love. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice thing. A good tribute to, to your uh, daughter for sure. Yeah. And I like the way it just kind of ends very distinctively. There we go. All right. Now we're moving on to our next staff pick, and Rob brings it. Well, you you just mentioned this guy in the um, in the, in the comments a second ago, didn't you? If never I met you know who this is, don't you? I never have seen you cry. This is Paul Stanley, isn't it? Peter Chris. Oh, it's Peter Chris. It's Peter Chris. Oh, it sounds like Rod Stewart, though. It sounds doesn't? just like Rod Stewart. Ah. And in fact, this is Hard Luck Woman. It was written by Paul Stanley for Rod Stewart. Interesting. Yes. He's apparently a big fan of Stewart, and uh, he said that Rod Stewart inspired it. In particular, Maggie May. Yeah, you can hear Maggie May on this. Yeah. yeah. And you wear it well. Kiss decided that, you know what, this would actually make a nice follow-up with our success with Beth. And so they decided to keep it for themselves when they got together. It wasn't the follow-up for Dr. Love, calling Dr. Love? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hard luck woman. This was uh, from their album, Rock and Roll Over. You remember it had the four faces on the front? Oh, yeah. Not only that, there were stickers inside. Yeah. If you actually bought the album, which I did, you could peel stickers and put them on things. And, and I, did I, that did. I did. I did, too. And I bet those are worth some bucks now. Yeah. Well, uh, he also had mentioned that this was kind of uh, inspired by Brandy. Remember uh, the song Brandy by Looking girl. Glass? Yeah, you're a fine girl. So it sounds a little bit like that. This made it to number 15 on the charts. We uh, featured Kiss in episode number 98. And it was from December 75, Kiss Alive. Wayne did it. Yeah. But, yeah, it really, at the very beginning of this, it sounds like Rod, a Rod Stewart song. Uh, yeah, you had me going there. I'm going, no. I, I didn't mention Chris. I I <laughs> yeah. But do you recall, though, that when they came back in 1995, I believe it was on MTV Live or the MTV Unplugged. Yeah. And they the four of them got re- reunited, and they sang this, and it was great. Well, Peter Chris didn't do a ton of the singing, but he did a fair amount, and uh, he just—he's kind of emulating Rod Stewart mm-hmm. the way he's singing. It, it sounds that way. The last tour they went, they didn't play this song, which I'm kind of surprised. They Interesting. They didn't do Beth, but they didn't do Art Like Woman. Uh, is Peter Chris still touring with them? Which no, ones no, they're... no, no. They—they're they, dressed up the same with the cat, right? And uh, the spaceman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Ace but, Freely. Uh, yeah. Ace but that's not Ace Freely playing right. the guitar. It's not Peter, Peter Chris, Chris playing yeah. drums. Right. Exactly. And okay. Gene Simmons was bass guitar and uh, Paul Stanley doing the uh, the acoustic guitar. I didn't know this, but in 1994, Garth Brooks had an album, Kiss My Ass, Classic <laughs> Kiss Regrooved. Oh, really? And Kiss played the instrumentation on, oh, that's Garth, interesting. on oh. Garth Brooks' album. That's neat. I, that made me, I'm like, I, I got to go check that out, see what that's about. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun uh, little tune and uh, Hard Luck Woman by Kiss. And now we're moving on to the next staff pick, and Wayne's got this one for us. I suspect it might be a little more uh, rock and roll. Everybody else is doing disco. 
at this time in January 1977. But not Owain here. <laughs> nice. Guys, I gave you a deep cut by Sammy Hagar, unless you're a fan. It's off his second studio album. It's also referred to as the Red Album because it includes Sammy Hagar's first anthem called Red. All right. This sounds like a car racing song yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. Red and all is black and white. Well, this is where he got the name Red Rocker. He was at a concert, did the song, everything, and afterwards, the fan wanted to take a photo with him. He goes, you know, got a photo and goes, I'm here with the Red Rocker. Oh. And everything. He goes, I like the sound of that. So he wrote this song about it because, oh. To me, now, being a Georgia Bulldog fan, Rob, to me, I can see Georgia coming out to this song back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It, well, if Jim Croce didn't uh, introduce Junkyard Dog, then, uh, you know, it, yeah. uh, maybe so. <laughs> I think this is a little more upbeat, more yes. rock and rolling. Man, this thing rocks. It sounds uh, a little bit like uh, I Can't Drive 55. Yeah. A little yeah. bit oh, like oh, oh, I got my foot on the gas. Yeah, well, know. this is seven seven or eight years earlier or something. That, or actually, what, 83 is when that came out? So Early 80s, earlier. I don't exactly, yeah. yeah. Got a little bit of a Bob Seger feel. I hear Hollywood Nights. In yes. Oh, good call, Bruce. Well, I wanted to see him before this song, but unfortunately, among many concerts that got killed by COVID, you know, I had tickets for this, and he, he disappeared. And I was like, oh, man, I hope he starts a new tour soon. But How do you like his... Uh, Oh, the road show. Yeah. I love that. Man, I mean, that, that meme of him showing, you know, Bill Clinton and, and Sammy Hagar and goes, one lived on the road and rocked and rolled and drank, you know, rum and, and, and tequila. The other just kind of slept around with a lot of women. He goes, and he goes, which one had a better look? You know, and he sit there, Sammy Hagar, damn, he looks good. Yeah. Well, he's very uh, personable, too. That's what's nice yeah. about that show when he's interviewing people and talking to them. He's just, he's, he comes across as just an average guy you could have a beer it's like with. like us. We're excited about this music, yes. and it's a reason why. And, yeah. and uh, hopefully our fans enjoy yes. our excitement. This song, oh, I don't know where this comes from. This is a <laughs> synthesizer or whatever. I didn't know Sammy synthesized, but I guess so. <laughs> Well, it's a disco era, too. Yeah, that's true, true. That's the disco part of this this song, because that's about it. That's some pretty good drumming going there. Well, Red was the first, was covered by Bette Midler, and it was one of the first ones. She's actually done other Sammy Hagar songs. Really? Steve Miller Band, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 This album was recorded at Abbey Wood Studios in England. Just different. Of course, I don't know if you know who Sammy Hagar's first group was before this. Montrose. Montrose, that's right. And eventually we'll do it. And we talked about his big hit of I Can't Drive 55. And then, of course, he joined Van Halen after David Lee Roth left. Went to Chickerfoot, then The Circle. I like The Circle. Out on, out on his own. I mean, really, Sammy Hagar's going to rock your butt off. No matter if he's playing any of those songs from any of those groups or his own, because he rocks. Yeah. And has fun doing it. That's right, buddy. So go see Sammy Hagar. Thanks, Wayne. That was great.
All right. Well, you know, now we got to come back around to the guy who kicked us off today on this episode. What do you have for us, Brian? It's definitely not a disco piece, guys. We're going to mellow here. Oh, man. I was hoping for a different song off this album. If there's a tear on my face. Recognize the voice? This is Vincent Furnier, otherwise known as Alice Cooper. Yeah. Another ballad, gentlemen. I never cry. Absolutely. This is from his Alice Cooper Goes to Hell album. And that was the song I thought you were going to play. Well, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Till the TV's dead and gone. Now he was inspired and encouraged by his first ballad, which was, we, I think we featured it. It's called mm-hmm. Only and Women Bleed. Right. So he, he and uh, his, his other songwriter, Dick Wagner. So sorry about it. Dick Wagner and, and Alice Cooper wrote almost 50 songs together, many of which were big hits. Take away. Take away my eyes. Sometimes I'd rather be Alice Cooper Goes to Hell was inspired by his rehab. His first rehab stint. <laughs> I was going to say, which one? But yeah. And I mean, just beautiful, beautifully written lyrics about what he's going to do. Break my heart, but open it up, just don't leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a beautiful song. Now, of course. This pissed off a lot of his hard rock fans. And you know what? What are you doing? You know, you're just taking it. You're being advantageous, so to speak, or basically an opportunist here and just doing ballads now. What you, you're killing us. You're killing us. Well, and Cooper came back and says, go to my show. Yeah. His show didn't, you know, he might have done it, but he may have had a rope around his neck or a snake coming around his neck. Mm-hmm. You know, he was into, as we've talked about before, huge into theatrics, but... If he did it or only women bleed, it was with a lot of theatrics. Yeah, Brian, we went to the went to his concert. It is a performance. It is not just a rock show. No. You're seeing tons and tons of stuff going on on stage. Yeah. And it is a theme. It goes from one end to the other. So really, if you see Alice Cooper pop up, go see that concert because it will be fun. Yeah. You, co- you covered his uh, album earlier um, one of our episodes I was listening to it the other day it came up on my uh, playlist yeah. and uh, that was a good that was a good podcast that was a good album yeah well, that was welcome to my nightmare yep but this one wasn't as successful as welcome to my nightmare mm-hmm. but it still had some great songs on it and, and as to Wayne's point about the title track Alice Cooper go you know you can go to hell it is a kick butt rock song and so Maybe the other ones were better because they were pre-rehab. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I've, I've watched... Don't do drugs, kids. Exactly. I've watched, <laughs> that was a joke. I've watched many uh, videos from him, and he was talking about his life. At, you know, Basically, before he got rehab, he was literally on the road to death. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad story, but I'm thankful he's still with us. Yep, yep. Well, that was... that was a good ballad there. So now we got to wrap it up with either a laugh track or an instrumental. And so we have something interesting here. Oh, it's an instrumental. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, my goodness. All right. I didn't pick it, but it's in-house five plus two in the mood. 
Okay. Makes yeah. me want to go out and get a bucket of chicken. There are there are two of us in the in the theater today that are just grooving to this, and two that are just tolerating it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, anything could be a hit back if you had enough cocaine to give those people to play <laughs> at the radio station. Was no, this on goodness. Sesame Street or something? I don't I know. Think I, I think I remember some uh, puppet chicken singing. Oh, yeah, it may be that. No yeah. drugs were used to make this, this song. There might have been a little bird seed. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we usually take this time to catch up what we didn't get to earlier. Music of January 1977. The Fourth American Music Awards, Olivia Newton-John and Elton John win. They're not related, believe it or not. Two Johns. Yeah. <laughs> Patti Smith falls from the stage, opening for a Bob Seger concert in Tampa, Florida. He was rushed to the hospital, had 22 stitches for a head laceration. Oh. Man, didn't know about that. And after releasing just one single, Sex Pistols are kickoff of AMI. The Clash headlined an opening night for London's only punk rock club, The Roxy. Some of the groups that had albums, The Ramones, David Bowie, Smokey Robinson, Pink Floyd Animals, Ooh. Mm. Santana, April Wine, Starcastle, we've talked about them a little bit, Johnny Cash, Bread, The Runaways, Renaissance, and Sammy Hagar's before. And some of the films that came out in January 77, not a whole lot. There was one called The Sentinel. Um, I just was, was, it had Christopher Walken, Jeff Goldblum, and John Carradine in this. Wow. D'Angelo, Tom Berenger, Burgess Meredith, Ava Gardner. Wow. Quite a Pumping, lineup. Pumping Iron, which was a bodybuilding thing with uh, Arnold. The Late Show, uh, which was Art Carney and Lily Tomlin in there. There was a TV show called Circus of the Stars. You guys remember, I remember that? that? I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of when all they had all the movie stars coming together for di- a couple. Of, there was a couple of shows, like a Olympic show or something yeah, too, wasn't there? Battle was, of the Stars, yeah, or something. Yeah. Well, this has been January 1977. You've been listening to What the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. See you guys next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to What the Rip. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Wright Collin Financial, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff? <laughs>